to have you on the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking. This is episode 86, and I'm your host, Susie Botello. This whole COVID-19 pandemic has taken its time. Let's talk about time. Let's talk about what we do with our time. I mean, creatively. Because we can just let it all get to us and crawl into a corner and just hope that things will go back to what we remember things to be like. But maybe, just maybe, we can transform like moths turn into butterflies. My guest in this episode did that. Rob Leach is an actor in the UK, and during lockdown, he decided to make films. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, hold on a second, Susie. The film industry went into a standstill, and someone just decided to make films at the same time? Well, the film industry is not the mobile filmmaking industry. They have a lot of checks and balances that actually limit them. They can't just have an idea and put it into a movie. One filmmaker is not able to just make decisions one day and implement them just as they wish. Now, on the other hand, Rob Leach had a smartphone. He was already attuned to mobile filmmaking. He's a professional actor in the UK. So when he found himself, like most of us, in lockdown, he had an idea and he made a film. But... That is a story already told, right? What Rob did beyond that was to begin to share what he learned. As we often talk about in this podcast, we talk about how much we learn by doing, and then we do it again better, and then we learn from that, and then, well, you get the picture, right? Well, Rob transformed himself from being an actor during a time when the industry paused to teaching the art and science of mobile filmmaking. Now, as someone who's already trained to perform in front of the camera, he rocks the presentation with good humor, tact, and technique. I'm here with Rob Leach. He's in the UK in London. How is the bridge doing tonight or this morning, Rob? Oh, it's doing good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, um, well, it's getting light here now. We've not had quite the, the heat we've had over the last few weeks, but because uh, we're English, we're getting used to it. And now it's getting cooler. So, oh, no, it's too hot. Now it's too cold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, but London Bridge is, is not falling down, right? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's all there. It's very much there waiting to be filmed on. <laughs> uh Rob is uh he's an actor. He's a mm-hmm. now he's a filmmaker as well. Uh you're a writer and yeah. you have a great sense of humor and you bring um a bit of uh, wisdom and humor to some really cool tutorials that you've been shooting out especially during this COVID time um to your fans and to our us. <laughs> the community, the mobile filmmaking community. Um, uh, wanted to share, um, a com- have a conversation with you with for our listeners because I think that the tutorials that you've been making are pretty insightful 
They're entertaining and they're quite thorough as well. Um, well you. you you're you're basically putting one out um, almost almost weekly, right? Yeah, trying to put ones out every Friday as long as kind of life permits. But yeah, every Friday is roughly when I put them out. That's that's pretty intense because I I know they take they take some work, you know. Yeah, I didn't realize until because I've, I've been watching so many YouTube channels for mobile filmmaking, smartphone filmmaking, and you just don't appreciate how much effort goes into making until you make them yourself. And you're like, oh my god, these videos must take some of them take days to make. Like the video is only about five minutes, ten minutes long. Yeah, but it oh. takes so much longer to actually make. Yeah, and yeah. The editing process and all that. Yeah. Exactly. It's insane. So, don't uh, share with me and your and our listeners a little bit about yourself and how how um, how some how did you end up uh, as an actor to start with? Was that the first thing that you did, or were you a writer first, or what was the first thing that you dove into in this crazy world? It's this crazy industry of uh, <laughs> entertainment and film. Well. To cut a long story short, when I was about 12, I was at school and I kind of, I didn't, I never really excelled at anything really. <laughs> I wasn't, I was never that academic. And then we were doing these drama classes when I was about 12. And we were pretty much just prancing up and down the classroom, pretending to be different types of characters. And I came out of the classroom and I said to my friend, like, this is so cool. Like, imagine if you could get paid to act. And he said, you can. I was like, what? He said, yeah, when you go and watch films, they're getting paid to do it. And that instant, I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. I was like, right, that's what I'm doing. And then, you know, years later, I didn't realize how long and how hard it would be to get there. But it's an amazing journey. And then I kind of, when I got to 17, I did a one-year foundation course at acting school. Then I had a few years in the wilderness because I basically grew up in a village where there's not a lot going on at all there. So I didn't have any contacts with anything like that in the industry. Mm. Um, and then at 24, I did a method acting course for a year. And at the end of that, I thought, right, I need to move to London to make things happen because I'm just going to waste away in this village. <laughs> so is London like the the L.A. of uh, of of our country here in the U.K.? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Manchester up north has a lot going on for television right now and, and film is, is getting even bigger and bigger in commercials up there now. So Manchester's probably catching up pretty quick with London, but London's still the main place. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. So you, you basically, was it the what you learned in your acting classes that, that helped, that inspired you to, to really dig into acting? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's, it's just, I've never been able to express, I think, because in day-to-day -day life, we spend so much of our time just lying and trying to pretend we're something we're not and uh, trying to live the life that we're told to live, that kind of thing. And then for acting, you kind of learn, oh, actually, I can just be myself and not have to worry about what other people think I should be or... You know, because when you when you grow up at school as well, you, you as you get older in your teens, you're like, you have to be cool, you have to be this, you have to be that. And then when you get to your 20s, there's still a lot of that. And then as you get to, or what I found anyway, when you get to your late 20s and hit 30, you realise, all oh, that's such a load of rubbish. Um, and you should have just been living your life as you wanted to. And then, yeah, for acting, you just learn to express and it just kind of became a bit addictive, really. And then that eventually evolved into writing. So I put on plays that was, I've done myself. So we put on a play for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival a few years ago that did well. Um, and yeah, just kind of evolved into more and more creative outlets. And then I started thinking, because at first I thought, oh, if you're acting, you can only be good at one thing, that kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. I can't branch out because what if that takes away from this thing? And then through writing, I realized, oh, I can do those two. And then 
watching other people on social media make films when they're actors and writers as well made me think, oh, maybe I could do something else as well. So then I got into looking at filmmaking. And what attracted you about filmmaking? Because that's quite something to dig into because, you know, like you were just talking about the doing the one thing, right? Mm-hmm. And the <laughs> filmmaking is is literally everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's the complete opposite, yeah. Right. <laughs> But what attracted yeah, you to to actually doing that kind of work? Because um, you know there are some filmmakers that that literally just do one part of the filmmaking part, usually the directing and the producing. Mm-hmm. But they have other people do everything else. Yes, that's what sane people do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I find that a lot of um, mobile filmmakers. Um, you know, once they feel comfortable with the the gear, you know, the meaning your phone, the camera, yeah. and and certain other th- element, you know, things that you you can get to enhance that, um, they start to think, you know, why should I, you know, get someone else involved? I I think it's still it has value, you know, because mm-hmm. you have different perspectives and everyone can bring something a little more to it. But at the same time, you have full control of your your story in the in the entire process, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, um, basically, just getting into smartphone filmmaking, uh, being in front of the camera so much for short films and a few feature films as well. That um, in the independent circuit, I just started to think, well, I would love to make a short film. I just don't have the budget for it. I don't have the money to get you know, um, uh, Arri camera or anything like that, like Black Magic cameras, these kind of things. I just didn't have the money. And then I realized, oh, my iPhone 6S has 4K resolution. And that's what a lot of these cameras that films are being made on. And so I went on this YouTube black hole and then discovered Film with Pro. And I was like, oh, wow, it's really like, I can actually do this now. And yeah, it was totally scary having the idea of doing everything. So, you, you know, doing like the casting, location, scouting, uh, directing, editing, DOP, um, costuming, and Sound. then. Sounds, yes. Oh God, how do I feel about sound? One of the most lighting. important things. Yeah. Yes, and lighting. Um, it was pretty daunting. And at first, I just made a short film that's on my channel. It's a one-minute short that's quite rough. Um, but I thought I just want to make this, and then I've kind of started. Rather than thinking about, oh, if I start it then, start it here, start it there, I just make one, and when it's done, and then I can start learning straight away. So I did that, and that was quite stressful. <laughs> it's, it's literally just me in a hallway. My girlfriend um, helped out with a couple of takes. And, um, yeah, from then on, I just thought, okay, maybe this is doable. And then, I, like, like you mentioned about getting used to the equipment, I wanted to do that first. So I had a few months before I started the YouTube channel. I had a few months of just playing around with the equipment, making shots, and looking at loads of tutorials on YouTube for composition and framing, sound lighting, that kind of stuff. And how camera movement tells a story as well to add to the film. So working all those things uh, before I started making films with other people or something I wanted to do. So yeah, looking at all the aspects of filmmaking, it's, it's a lot to take on, but it's also really fun. Yeah. Uh, at some point I would like to get people to help out, but obviously I'm doing this for free on my own at the moment. So it's a bit hard to ask people like, Hey, do you want to take, t- take time out of your schedule to come and help me on this thing? But I'm building up a few people, the actor Andre, who I worked with on my latest short film, Caterpillar, um, He's great. He said he'll help out on films and stuff. So I think, yeah, slowly coming together. But working on all the stuff yourself is it's tough, but it's, it's quite rewarding as well when you get the film back. Yeah, and you also don't have to answer to anyone. It's like, you know, you set your own deadlines, and if you break them, you know, you just 
nobody hurts you. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, we we stuck quite a time actually on this, but there's several times where something would happen. We think, oh, if we film this now because of there's fewer people here at this time and that kind of thing. And yeah, because you're in boss, you can kind of just switch things on the second, and then as long as your actor is okay with that, <laughs> you don't have some kind of crazy flip out or something like I can't possibly do this. I have to be in the schedule. Then you know that you can um, have a lot of fun with that and go with the flow a bit more, especially when it's low budget as well. You kind of guerrilla style filmmaking, which I'm kind of used to as well with other crews and that. So it's quite fun. I think the for the the film that I saw. Um the one that you did with yourself uh, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought what was really cool about that film was that it wasn't just, um, it, it, there was action in the film. You know, there was a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you even had um, another actor there who was you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it, but the way that I thought that you did that pretty clever because just the the way you shot it and everything like that, it's like, well, it wasn't you, right? But it was yeah. you uh, playing somebody else. Um, and it worked just and and it worked with the story as well, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, but uh, can you talk, you know, maybe what we'll do is we'll share that the link to that video in the notes. Um, would you want to talk about how you did that? Because they're all, we're still going through this thing. Um, yes. You know, and yeah. I think there's some tips there that, um, that our, our listeners may appreciate. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So I think you're talking about uh, survival or cost, the one that's a bit post-apocalyptic with the zombie type characters. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so basically with that one, I've, I'd been watching and binging The Walking Dead like crazy because obviously I have the time to at the moment. So um, watching all that, and I, I started to notice a few really interesting techniques that they use. One of them was, you know, how we talk about uh, overexposure on um, your highlights with smartphone filmmaking. But in The Walking Dead, they use that in almost every shot, even when it's outside, the skies are kind of blown out. Or if you're indoors in the building, the windows are blown out. So it kind of makes you feel a bit more claustrophobic and you don't quite know what's going on outside, so it's a bit more creepy. So I wanted to try and bring that into this short film and play with the techniques that The Walking Dead are using. So I wanted to create that kind of eerie atmosphere, not quite sure what's going on. And then that ended up looking really cool and using sun flares through the kitchen as well to create a bit of a mysterious kind of look. It's something that really worked well because I've seen that in The Walking Dead too where they play a lot with light, even when you're not necessarily that kind of aware of it. When you actually... Oh, looking at it from more of a technical point of view, they're doing all these techniques that are quite simple, actually, but make such a great effect. And then going to what you're talking about, about using yourself as another character, basically, you'd see from the short film that I walk through this door with a knife having heard this sound um, after rummaging for supplies in this kind of abandoned flat, really, once everyone's moved out of the town. And to play the zombie, if you like, I put a black coat over me and then crouch down by the window so my head's down as if I'm either like biting something or pulling at something, probably a body. Um, and then to make sure that I didn't have to have it clear that it was just me in a coat because that would look ridiculous. <laughs> um, if you just saw me and then went, oh, hello, that was on me. <laughs> uh, so to do that, I blurred out the focus completely. And I wasn't sure how it was going to come out. I thought, okay, it looks pretty cool on the phone. But when we see it on like a laptop screen, a bigger screen, 
I really hope this works out as well. And when I saw it back, I was like, oh, it looks perfect. And then I did some Foley sounds as well. So that was a really important part of it. Part important? Important part of it. There we are. Um, so I did some sound effects as well. Uh, I'm looking back, I should have done some chewing sound effects as well. That would have been quite gross. But, um, zombie, can yeah. you do that right now? Oh, so like... Oh, you're pretty good. You're pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm ace it. I've watched so much Walking Dead now. My girlfriend's fed up with it. All she hears is unlike squelching sounds and gunshots. (laughs) It's like, can you just hear something else on the flat? I'm like, no. (laughs) Um, No, Halloween's coming up. So you might have to send me some of those for for my Halloween podcast effects. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I could do. Yeah, definitely. Well, I found there's a few things on. um, freesound.org which is how I use a lot of Foley sounds and sound effects yeah some of them are a bit questionable like it sounds like the zombies on a bit of a bender or something getting hammered but um a lot of them are really good and, I've, I've gone to yeah. uh uh garage band and use some oh, of their old out, yeah. Uh, yeah some of the older um sound effects that they have the classic ones I yeah. think they're called iLife actually um all right and they're not they're not really in in GarageBand with the loops. You have to kind of drag them in there, uh, pretty much to get them in there. But there was like a sound effects of tigers or something like that, and I I messed with it with different effects so much that I made them sound a little bit more like werewolves. <laughs> was that on you purpose? Know? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I was trying to do a, a little sequence in in last year's um, podcast for. Halloween. So I did a little right, intro right. sequence of, you know, somebody walking through uh, like a graveyard type or a, or a, you know, I was thinking walking dead in a way. Um, yeah. And, you know, somebody's walking through that and then you hear the owl. It's, so you can tell that it's at night, you know, that kind of thing and the crickets. Um, mm-hmm. And then they have to cross this thing and it turns out to be like werewolves or something just ready to attack and then goes in the door and then it's our podcast. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, but That's quite it, elaborate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and actually I really enjoy playing with stuff like that. Um, I like creating a lot of a lot of things um, that I never do anything with just for fun. Um, yeah. You know. It's it's the journey, not the destination, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So when you were saying that, because there are there are millions of places online where you can get sound effects and things like that. But I think if you are willing to create your own somehow, I think it brings you know there's a level of satisfaction and confidence that you have later in while you're building things. Yeah, you know? definitely. I think. Because Foley sounds, that's something I didn't think about 100% in my first film that I made, but now I'm making more and more. I constantly think about when I'm going back to post-production, I'll look at the whole edit once it's kind of almost finished and then note down all the bits that I need to do Foley for. So whether it's getting something from a free online site or creating myself. But yeah, uh, creating ones yourself is a really good one. It makes your film quite unique, I think, as well. And sometimes when you're looking for effects, particularly if they're free, sometimes they don't quite match what you're doing. Whether it's um, the material, like a door closing, it doesn't sound like the same door, um, just stuff like that. So it's it's a pretty simple thing to do as well to just record the audio, edit your edit. It's yeah, it, it's such a simple thing. It takes a bit of time, but it's, it adds so much. And like you say, sound is such a huge important part of filming. Yeah, which and it, and I it, hadn't realized until I got into it. But yeah, it's it's a really interesting thing to get into. It, it makes it really 
what it does also is changes the mentality of when you're making, creating something, and and if you're getting something that's already made to, you know, as an effect for your project, Mm -hmm. you're almost willing to sacrifice your project to make that sound work. Yes. You know, as opposed to making sound for your project yourself, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. You know, anyway. um, (laughs) So uh, share a little more about that, because you also did something like when you were going through the drawer uh, to Uh, get the um, uh, you were looking through drawers and all kinds of things. And how did you work the camera while you were doing that? Well, with that one. I think the initial shot was, uh, yeah, initial shot was sort of um, a wide of the kitchen. Yeah. And I wanted to get something in the foreground. So that's a big part of making your composition look good is if you can get something in the foreground, then it makes it like you've got more depth of field than you actually have. Mm-hmm. So I had like the kitchen counter just next to the front of the lens to give you a bit of depth. And then I noticed about 5, 5.30 in the afternoon, we were getting the sun coming through the trees into the kitchen, which created this amazing lens flare. Mm-hmm. which kind of overtook the whole screen, really, which normally you wouldn't want. But for this, I just thought, oh, that kind of works. And all the shots look quite bright outside. So then I use that so you can see um, me rummaging through the kitchen drawers and things like that, and the cupboards looking for supplies and whatnot. And the lens flare just creates this kind of mystery, and you're not quite sure what you're seeing, but you're sure you are. And then another shot, I attached my smartphone, my iPhone 6S, to a small tripod. And we've got this drawer that's a slim, skinny drawer that kind of slides out from next to the oven. And I kind of attach it to the tripod, put it in lengthways into that top part of the drawer. So when the drawer slides out, you see the camera come out with it. And then it's a point of view looking at me. Nice. So that was something I wanted to do as well, kind of be a bit more creative with my shots and take people by surprise. Because if you can kind of keep it dynamic, it's another way of keeping the audience interested. So I wanted to make sure I had a few different shots in there as well to to vary it a little bit as well that's pretty creative yeah that's yeah i think that's the fun part of it yeah thinking about oh how can i shoot this differently but obviously still telling the story not for the sake of it not having like strapped to a dog or anything but <laughs> well <laughs> but, oh, it's creative it doesn't work for it but it looks good <laughs> um, as long as yeah. it's a story exactly and and it's your story you know and that that's pretty awesome um when you're uh working on these these videos how did you plan that out and what made you say okay I'm going to start doing these tutorials well I first wanted to start making short films and then I thought oh it'd be quite cool to because obviously during this pandemic I thought this is gonna be the best time to start it because I've got so much spare time right now yeah so I thought I'll make these short films and then I thought I could make filming pro tutorials and then I realized there's so many out there but I thought if I could find maybe tutorials about things that I found interesting or I've learned whilst doing it that haven't been made tutorials about yet, then um, that's something I could start looking into. So I started making the tutorials for Filmic Pro, which have been really fun. And also I've learned stuff whilst making the tutorials. So I've been researching the app and looking for it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realise that was there. Oh, that'd be really useful. So then I started making those tutorials. Um, and yeah, I do it week by week. So every Friday I put videos out. I have, I think, five or six short films out now. So I tend to do maybe two or three videos in between each short film, maybe four videos in between each each short film, and then mix it up. So I've got accessory videos as well, talking about 
the top accessories you need for your smartphone, like ND filters, that kind of thing for outside filming, uh, filming pro tutorials, and then just tips videos. So like, I've got tip video based on sur- survive at all costs, which is all about making um, a film on your own and what I learned and things like that as well. So the plan is kind of, yeah, just do make a film and then have a few videos in between mixing up a little bit to make sure it's not just films because your films have to be pretty damn good for someone to watch every film you make. So <laughs> I decided to make more variety as well. I'm trying to help people and inspire people to get into smartphone filmmaking with that and organize my kind of schedule so that people get a variety and they can learn as well as watching the videos that are a result of what I'm making. Well, I think part of what what's really cool about these tutorials that you're making is that, and, and you are right, there are thousands out there. Uh, and each one, there are a lot of them that are pretty much the same, where it's just somebody saying, and this is what you do, and this is what you see, and you want to make sure you do this, and you want to make sure to do that, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but you bring uh, your personality and character into your, it's like, um, for example, there are many entertainment shows uh, on TV, right? Um, yeah. And it's the host, right, that brings the entertainment to the show, you know, yeah. and people go and watch these shows more than anything because of, I mean, sure, they want to learn about this and that, but I think, you know, they're entertained by, by you because you're the host of these tutorials, basically. And I think it's really cool because, you know, you bring that to it and that's not the easy part. That's actually a, a lot of people would say, you know, yeah, they could sit down, they could learn how to work an app or, or lenses or the phone or techniques and things like that. You know, you just have to focus and devote time to that. But that other unique part where you bring your personality in front of the camera, that's the hard part. Yeah, I think, um, like you say, if you watch other tutorials, I've seen some that are amazing, they've got a good mix, and some where they just don't quite have that thing of being able to engage you. Yeah. So you're watching, you're like, this is all interesting, but you don't sound interested in it. (laughs) So um, I think being an actor and being in front of the camera so much helps a lot with that. So I've already got the advantage of feeling relatively comfortable in front of a camera, and sometimes I still get a bit nervous, like, if you see before the the tutorial starts, sometimes I'll just sit in front of the camera <laughs> and just go, just kind of like breathe out any kind of little nerves or any kind of like tension in my body, just to kind of relax, so I can just play and have fun with the video. Yeah, uh, but kind yeah, of, t- totally. Kind of like an actor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is pretty much the same kind of run up into the scene. Yeah, just kind of control your breathing a little bit to calm yourself down because. It isn't really natural to sit in front of a camera and talk to no one. That's no, that's not in front of you. Obviously, you're talking to people in a, in a roundabout way, but you're not talking to anyone other than your kind of phone or your laptop, which is quite a strange experience for most people. But um, being an actor, I'm quite used to that and doing self-tapes. At the moment with the pandemic, I'm doing auditions for commercials and things via self-tapes at home. So you do get used to that. I think it's important to bring a bit of your personality to it as well, because like you say, that's a lot. that's a big part of what people come back to. Mm-hmm. so like you say if you're watching a tv show like we've got a couple of tv shows here in england where they're not necessarily that good but the host is really funny so you're like oh i'll watch that because that's so-and-so show and then with this obviously i'm not saying like i'm hilarious or anything but <laughs> i wanted to <laughs> make videos where it feels a bit like i'm talking to you rather than just youtube yeah 
So I try and make it a bit more personalized and, and a bit more jokey and relaxed because at the end of the day, it's on YouTube. It's, it's not some kind of mega corporation video I'm making. I mean, YouTube's a corporation, but I'm not part of um, right. <laughs> my own big corporation. I'm just this guy in his, in his bedroom making videos and going out and, and making tutorials. So I wanted to make sure that, yeah, it's got that kind of relaxed vibe when I'm talking to you or the camera and whatnot and, and bring a bit of personality to it. So it feels a bit more fun than someone's telling you, this is what you need to do, A, B, C, and D. Just kind of make it a bit more relaxed and more of an enjoyable experience because that's the videos I warm to. Like There's um, Film Riot which I'm sure you've heard of, yeah. um, which is an amazing YouTube channel. Anyone should check that out who wants to get into films. They've got a couple on smartphone filmmaking as well, but and they just do a lot of videos on how to cheat things. So to do sliding shots with like a towel underneath your camera, that kind of thing. Um, and and their, their videos are so good. They've got so many little skits and like in-jokes and humour in it. You, you kind of feel like you're watching like a mate almost <laughs> rather than just watching someone lecture you. So that kind of is what I was going for a little bit. Yeah, to be a bit more more fun yeah it's part of and that's kind of what makes um the difference so yes it's in your room right um yes it's it's just you but the professionalism in your videos comes from the engagement how you treat the audience right uh, oh, yeah. yeah, obviously you respect your audience and um, you're willing to put all the work in there for them. And like you said, you know, you're even doing research as you're putting this together. You're going, huh, I'm, I'm about I'm thinking I'm going to explain this, but let me research that a little more to bring more yeah. to that other than just what I know. So I'm going to learn something new to bring to them. That's actually pretty awesome, I think. Yeah, it's, it's fun to, to teach yourself as well whilst you're researching. And I find researching whatever I'm doing a lot of fun. I think if I just pretend I know everything and really I've missed out half the stuff I could have been talking about, then it's, it's just, that's quite self-involved. So I want to put some time into researching. Again, this is similar to acting. Like when, you, when you've got a role, you start researching stuff. It, it's, I think I've taken a lot of that into these videos, actually. I'm wanting to um, make sure I give the most full experience and the most kind of, I suppose, layers to the to the video so that everyone gets a, a thorough kind of tutorial rather than a little basic thing that's just a bit throwaway. And there's stuff, I mean, you're you're shooting stuff, but then at the same time, then once you go into editing your phone, what, what are you using to edit, by the way? So to edit, I use DaVinci Resolve, the free version. Nice. I was going to use LumaFusion, but then I got to, basically I did a, a commercial at the beginning of the year, which, um, well, I got paid for it. I thought I can either get an iPad to do LumaFusion and not have a laptop right. or buy a laptop that's quite high spec and be able to do everything on it. So right. I ended up getting um, this HP workstation laptop, which is really like hardcore laptop. Um, so I checked out all the specs to make sure it would be something that could run DaVinci Resolve because DaVinci Resolve is quite a heavy duty, obviously, um, editing suite and color grading suite as well. So that's just the main way I edit everything now. I started off when I was making short films, practicing editing with iMovie, which is good for basic kind of editing. But if you want to go into something a bit more deep and and more professional looking, DaVinci Resolve, even the free version, there's so much you get with it. It's actually, I I can't quite believe they have it for free, to be honest. I'm probably just going to say that out loud. They might start charging for it, but... No, no, the free (laughs) version is a a loaded potato. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I think everyone should get on it if they can. It's, It's... amazing and, and sometimes 
I stupidly forget to do a white balance on a shot. And then when I come back to DaVinci Resolve, there's a really good tool at the bottom left of the screen. You just tap it, drag this little pen onto your screen, whatever's supposed to be white in the shot, you tap it onto that and it basically fixes your white balance. Yeah. There's so it's just simple a, things like that. There's a thing that I learned. I did video production for a very long time and did editing as well. And um, I, when I was in college, they were teaching us using Avid, the Avid system, which was highly complicated and, to me, annoying because every, everything was always hidden. There were all these features, but they were hidden. You had to go through all these steps and procedures and stuff like that, at least back then, to find them. And it was just overwhelming. Uh, but I used uh, Final Cut Pro at, at oh, yeah. the office, right? And one thing that I learned was all the cheating and tricks and, and things that you that you do to get to achieve something. And it, and it becomes a frame of mind. And so then what I did uh, with the mobile filmmaking, I said, you know, I, I especially, you know, back in 2009 to, through 2011, I felt like I needed to simplify the process. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I realized that I would go into iMovie, and iMovie now is so much better than it used to be, that it becomes the mindset, you know? So it doesn't yes, matter what you Yeah, it doesn't matter what you use. When you want to achieve a certain thing, you can find out how to do it, and then you can cheat, uh, yeah. There's so many different ways to cheat something to make something in the way that you wanted to, uh, because yeah, iMovie has limits on how many you know things you can do on it. But then again, you know, you can always cheat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a pretty useful little tool, especially if you're just starting out. iMovie can be a good way to start out. And like Da Vinci, it's free. Yes. That's one of the best things about it. <laughs> exactly. And I, and a lot of people don't know that you can actually bring your your video sequences into GarageBand and work I've the heard audio. About this. I haven't done it, but yeah. It's it's actually quite easy and, and you bring it you bring it into it and then you can um, when I when I made the trailers for the uh, film festival, mm-hmm. um, I would I would make the music. And there's Is that free as well. Yeah. Um, so what I would do is uh, sometimes I I made the music and then I cut the trailer to the music, and oh, other cool. times I made the 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 trailer and then brought it into GarageBand and cut the music to the trailer itself. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's more than one way to do it, um, and and then you export the whole thing. You know, still in a movie file or an mp4 however you want to do it but yeah there's all these i mean what i love about about the the apple um you know mac uh this mm-hmm. is why i'm a mac lover <laughs> oh yeah there's plenty of them <laughs> right <laughs> a mac head sort of speak in the old days they used to say that um, is because um, because of that because they give you I mean the Mac is basically built for creative people, you know, yeah. and they almost you know are saying, hey, are you an artist or creative and blah 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 here you know create stuff, you know, and and I think that's awesome because it you know it just comes with it, 
So you don't have to do anything really extra with it. But yeah, um, if you if you get a Mac, you know, GarageBand is free. Um, you I I even do some basic graphic stuff using uh, the Preview app, which is like a like a PDF type of um, uh, and for graphics and things like that, and for photos and things like that. And you can do a lot with that even. It just becomes right. a it just becomes a mindset. Like I said, you have to be creative and will be willing to cheat things, uh, yeah. to to sort of have that confidence that well, if it doesn't do what I want it to do, I will make <laughs> it do what I want it to do. <laughs> so by hook or by crook, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, I I think I think your videos share a little bit with our listeners what types of videos you've first of all you've got like what 12 or something like that already or more yeah actually. about that yeah i've been going for about two maybe two and a half months now so i've yeah. got videos that are filmic pro tutorials so i'll talk about things generally that you don't hear heard about don't hear talked about that much so yeah. you know there's lots about wire balance things like that which are very very important but my ones i kind of talk about different things so my latest one i actually just released uh, yesterday was six must-know tips to help you have a smoother film and post-production experience. Nice. So there are things in the Filmic Pro app that you can use where on the day you can save time, you can save stress, and then things that will help you in post-production keep organized and save time as well. So it's these kind of, I suppose, out-of-the-box kind of tutorials on Filmic Pro uh, that I make. And then also I've got accessory ones, uh, tips on storytelling as well, kind of everything I can think of to do with smartphone filmmaking, really. And then a lot of other short films I've made, uh, the latest one called Caterpillar, which, uh, yeah, that's been, oh, I don't know if I can say that, actually. Because I've, I've done another interview about that specific film. Cool. So that's going to be coming out on a online site, I think at the end of August, early September. So I think my short films must be getting better because they're getting attention now. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the first one I made. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But, what What is that other one called? Oh, I can't remember now. I've got it written down somewhere. I've, I've got all these things written down to do with what I'm up to in auditions and stuff somewhere. I have to find it. But yeah, that's really exciting. So seeing how that goes down and making these videos and things like that, it's all exciting. And yeah, quite a variety of things, really. So on the site, yeah, on my YouTube channel, I've got 12 videos and it's kind of, yeah, everything you need to know really about that kind of stuff about smartphone filmmaking and I'll do my best to cover it in depth and make the videos tutorials quite relaxed things like that so and they're, they're yeah. all entertaining and they're they're roughly around what be about 10 minutes or less or something like yeah, that yeah they're, they're about that they're, I try and make them as long as they need to be I, I don't do a lot of fluff at the beginning of the years you know where someone's like oh this is me going to the shops and 10 minutes later they're still at the shops you're like where's where's this video you're gonna make i'm still and then the last two minutes is them telling you something helpful you're like, oh that's a waste of time so i try and well, yeah not a lot, do any a of, lot that of youtubers uh they they introduce themselves and what they're going to talk about and then they got this whole sequence about follow my subscribe my and 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 buy this and then do that and their whole branding thing and then they get to to their stuff that you really yeah, want exactly. to go into and like, I, I, yeah you're going yeah 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 what i was going to say it's almost when it becomes a template then something mm -hmm. needs to change and you know if you're going out there and you're looking at all these tutorials right like you did and you saw yeah. that, you notice those things, and you're saying, 
I want to do something different. That mm-hmm. that actually, especially in your case, can work for you, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to kind of follow what's already been made. Like that's that's already been done. It's like when you go to the movies and you see a film, you're like, oh, this is just like the other 10,000 movies about <laughs> war or whatever it is. So I try and make them a bit different. Oh, this, this is what the interview is. the interview with Mobile Movie Making. Oh, okay, website, yes. A guy yes. called Murray. Yeah. yeah, from San Francisco. Murray so, Swade. Yes. So got that coming out, I believe it's the end of August, early September, he said. So we've had the interview now. It's just, yeah, coming out towards the end of the month, early September. Cool. And that is specifically about Caterpillar, the short film as well. So that's really exciting to kind of yeah. dive into that as well. Yeah, we met them a long time ago. Long time ago. Um, I feel like I feel like I'm this old lady in the business here. I think it was like uh, 2013 or 14 or something like that. I think it was maybe 14. When oh, right. um, yeah, I met them. They I actually had a phone conversation with Murray, um, and we talked about you know all you know the film festival, the mobile film school, and all this stuff that that I was doing at the time. Um, yeah, and it's just, um, you know, it's really cool to see people like you so involved and so passionate, uh, not just for myself, but for others who were here bringing this forward in the beginning because it was really hard to even convince people that this could be done. Oh, God, I bet, yeah. Yeah, and now there are people like you who are not just doing it, but actually passionate about it and devoting and investing themselves in inspiring more people to do it by, by teaching it and by promoting it and by making content with it, all that at the same time. It, it really helps a lot with this because I think, I don't think people expect this or want this to be a replacement for Hollywood. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, independent filmmaking is not Hollywood. No. And sometimes it's a lot better. <laughs> it is sometimes. A lot of times I would agree, actually, yeah. um, that it's a lot better. But w- the cool thing about it is that it doesn't want to be Hollywood, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. mobile filmmaking, well, it'll attract a few people in Hollywood as a way to you know, stand out in there because Hollywood is a, is an ocean, right? And oh, God, um, yeah. this is more like a pond. <laughs> yeah. You it know? has got a bit of an underground kind of cult vibe to it. It's a bit yeah. of fight club, but without the fighting and more smartphones. And I, I refer to it as the iceberg theory. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but in journalism, there's this theory called the iceberg theory. Um, and that is that the story, what you see on the surface, right? What you're allowed to see on the surface above the ocean is that tiny little peak, you know, oh, that's cute. Um, Oh, I know what you mean. Yes. (laughs) The story is underneath. And so you tell the journalist, you got to dig down to get to the story, you know? Exactly. And I think if you, um, you know, like punk rock, right. For example, um, it was an underground music scene, right? And it only emerged when, um, I can't remember the bands. There were a few bands. I mean, you're in London, 
right? The birth yeah. of punk. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there were a few bands that moved up to the surface of the iceberg, right? And yeah. they, they all of a sudden, the light was shining on them. Ooh, look at them. And then people started looking underneath and found oh, sure. all sure. the other stuff. And then it's like, ah, oh, the iceberg has been exposed. You know what I mean? And it's sort of, and then it had a time period of evolving and then it just sort of went back under, you know, it still exists, but it's more, it's not on the surface like it used to be for, for that period of time. It's the same with like heavy metal, right? Um, oh, I love heavy metal, yeah. Grunge, right? And all, all those things, you know, they have a period of time where they're floating in the limelight. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> shining. But I think mobile filmmaking has has been sort of like that. And there's so much underneath, you know, and you hear the media going, ooh, look, you know, look at this, look at that. And I'm going, yeah, well, this has been here. You know, for yeah. a long time. Where have you been? So, right? <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's so, but they still, you know, the mainstream media doesn't give it attention unless somebody in Hollywood does. And I think that's yeah. what happens. The people get excited. Um, hey, now it's going mainstream. It's going mainstream. And I know for a lot of people, that's, you know, the wish that it's going to go mainstream. Um, yeah. I'm not sure where I fall personally. On that, you know, um, I think people like you and and people like Steven Soderbergh and 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 the others have proven that that this is something. It's a contender, you know. Yeah, I think so. Yes, it's um, it's definitely got its own kind of vibe to it. And I think whilst a lot of people aren't taking it seriously, it is definitely building up some steam. Like there's like people like yourself who are kind of like I would say like the pioneers of smartphone filmmaking have then in, in turn inspired me. So I want to see that with the smartphone filmmaking YouTube channel as well. So it's 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 definitely something that can build up steam. It's a lot of fun as well. And like I say, it's so affordable. You've already got the phone in your pocket, so you don't have to go out and buy another camera. You just need to get your accessory, things like that. It's so accessible. And I think it's really important to inspire other people to do that because I think it's a lot of, especially like something I really want to pick, pick on as well is like for kids that like want to get into filmmaking. Mm-hmm they're not going to have the money to have a film crew or anything like that. But when they're young and they've got the parents that can help them, if they get like a filming pro on the parents' phone, they can just, I mean, kids are always on their phones anyway these days. Yeah. Like, just not that I'm not. <laughs> but you can um, just teach them how to make a film or something like that. Get them to watch a few, you know, little tutorials and stuff. And you can t teach the next kind of wave of filmmakers as well from a young age because they can afford to do it. I think that's really inspiring as well. It's, it's such a great way for you to start off and you can learn composition, you can learn framing, all the basics and all the necessities you can learn from smartphone filmmaking. I think, yeah, there's so many great films. I watched Unsane a while ago, which I'm sure you've seen. Yeah. Um, it's so good. And it's the way it's shot as well suits the film perfectly. And it just goes to show if you, you've got the right kind of story or you know how, how to work the camera and stuff, it's not really much of a... A negative at all to be using the smartphone apart from a couple of little bits yeah i find a lot of people try to compare it with um uh traditional filmmaking you know like with other cameras you know like um i remember reading a comment from someone saying well yeah i'm sure they went and did a lot of 
post-production effects to make it look that good, you know? <laughs> and I was thinking, okay, so what other film doesn't go into pro- post-production effects to make it look better? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Imagine, like, the superhero <laughs> films without the set special effects. Might look I was a bit like, <laughs> so I don't get it. Like, what's the... <laughs> but That's the thing some people do. They, they come up with kind of stupid rebuttals on those things. You're like, well... Yeah, like you say, all films have that. That's not a smartphone thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just, and they're doing this this comparison, you know. It's like, it's like apples and oranges, uh, you know. It's like, you know, you have to, um, you have to, you have to be creative. And most filmmakers, most people, I think most of the people that really criticize it are, are not so much the filmmakers, but the video production people. Um, oh, right. yeah. and, and I come from that. <laughs> I shot myself in the foot uh, when I started doing <laughs> this because a lot of the, the people that I networked with and friends and everything were in video production and they spend thousands and thousands of dollars, uh, you know, in not only in the gear, but in maintaining the gear. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, for me to say, hey, you know, uh, you know, using a smartphone, I, and they're just like horribly insulted by it. Uh, <laughs> and they, they're like, you can't get that kind of quality. And I'm like, I don't think I, 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 I get where they're coming from. But then yeah. you have business people who are using the smartphone themselves because they can't find good producers that are willing to, you know, use a smartphone for the most part. Yeah. Um, because they want to use the gear they have and they maintain and everything to make this perfect stuff. And, but they got to charge for that. And a lot of business owners just can't afford that kind of stuff or don't feel like they need to for that matter. And so I'm saying, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is there's, there's a balance in between. There are things other than just the gear, you know, and, and how the death of field and, you know, how you shoot this and that and how, how beautiful it looks so you can go, oh, look what I created when, you know, between that and getting, getting what you want, which is someone to buy your product. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we've all seen films that have been shot on the best cameras, but maybe the story's not quite there or it's just, it's, it just doesn't grab your attention. Like it might look really nice, but there's nothing really drawing you in as such. Whereas with a smartphone, you you can make any kind of film you want, and you can as long as it's an interesting story and how you're using it is good. No one's going to think about depth of field. I, I mean, unless you're really a technical-minded person, or you are a, a, a cameraman or camera woman, yeah. you're not going to really be thinking about depth of field. And I don't know if you checked it out on the um, Moments YouTube channel quite recently. They had their festival, and. There's some of the narrative short films that are made on mobile are so amazing. I could not believe, even though I do smartphone films and make them, I couldn't believe that they were on smartphone film, smartphone, uh, smartphones at all. Like the, the quality of the pictures and the shots, the framing, you'd never in a million years think that I was on a, on a phone. I remember a long time ago, one of the fir- the very first filmmaker... Uh, that submitted a film to our film festival in 2000. He, it, it was all the way in 2011. It took that long. Uh, well, you know, you're throwing out an idea. Hey, make a movie yeah. with a phone. 
And then it takes people a while to catch on and actually do it. And I, I, I sent the idea out before the iPhone 4 came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, and I was saying, make it for the big screen. And, and people were like, there's no way, <laughs> uh, you know, but you have to start somewhere uh, or at some time. Right. And yeah, exactly. And then when I got this, this film by Conrad Mess, it was called The Fixer. And so what he did was he shot it with the iPhone 4. It's 720, you know, you know, HD. And he doesn't use audio. He used external audio sources for his audio. And Aye. what he did was he shot, he shot this film and then he brought it into Adobe After Effects and created all kinds of effects and looks and colorized it and gave it this, this tone and texture and great sound and everything. When I got that film... I was like, yes, you know, this is exactly what I was dreaming about, you know, <laughs> when I first started this. The thing about that film is it holds even today. So I would sh I would literally walk around and show people this film, you know, on my phone and say, you can make a movie like this. Look what this was shot with the, with an iPhone 4. And they were people would say, no way. This is like the kind of film that I would go to a theater it's like a blockbuster film you know and he made several films after that and they were all pretty good you know and those films what? his name is conrad mess so if you go to conradmess.com and you watch his films they'll blow you away you know and you see people today they're able to make some really awesome films but what i'm trying to say is depending on how much you want to devote yourself to that it's going to show in the films there are some horrible uh, i'm sorry to some people but there <laughs> even even i've made some horrible stuff right oh yeah my I, first I've, film is a rough. <laughs> even with a traditional camera you know whatever you know what i'm saying it's like it's how you learn but there are many films that are not good you know, shot with mobile yeah. phones. Some of them, the problem is more in the audio than in the video and, and things like that. But there are also some amazing films and then there are some films in between. But even in the not so great films, you can see, and maybe not everybody can, but I can, I, and most of the time, I can see something about that uh, there's there's part of the filmmaker, the person behind the film that shines through that project where you can mm -hmm. see the potential in that filmmaker, you know? And so you don't want to, I don't want to just say, oh, no, you, this, is, this film is no good, so, you know, try again next year, have a good life, you know? Because yeah. that, I've, I've witnessed filmmakers grow, you know, through the years, into some really exceptional work, you know, in films that they've done. And um, one of the reasons I asked you to come into this podcast is I see that in you with, oh, with, thank you. with your tutorials and your films. And um, I think, you know, the fact that you love what you're doing, that you're willing to invest yourself in it, that you do put a lot of attention and, and detail into it, and plus, you're talented. I mean, um, I'm not. I'm not a, a. You know, what do you call those? Divine. 
how do you call those uh, magicians that seize the future or anything? Oh, like yeah. That? You know, yeah, yeah. the crystal ball type of a thing. But I, oh, yeah. But I can sense, <laughs> yeah, I can sense if you keep keep doing this and keep and stay on the road and, and, and all that, uh, you'll, you're going to get there. Uh, you're going to get beyond where you thought you could get to. If that Thank you. Sense. I definitely hope that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Working away at it. Yeah. In all so, areas. Yeah. So just keep at it. I got a little game I want to play with you really quick. Oh, yeah. Have you heard about this game? What is it? It's called the shout out game. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's a 20, 20 second game. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I got had the wrong one. I was going to make you do laps on the iPhone here using the stopwatch. Um, <laughs> you ready to do some laps? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's 20 seconds, um, and I will do the countdown here on my end. You don't have to do the, the hard work. <laughs> Would you, I'm shouting out. Right? <laughs> so I want you to shout out. This is kind of, I put you on the spot, but. No, that's fine, yeah. Some of the people, whether they're personal, famous, it doesn't matter, um, that you would like to give a shout out to that made you who you are today. Oh, that sounds good. I know. I think so, too. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Set and go. My personal shout outs would be to Peter, who's my drama teacher at college, who kind of gave me the confidence to believe in myself and believe that I actually had talent that was worth kind of nurturing. And then also a huge shout out to AMAW Studios in London for acting classes. Then there's Mobile Motion when it comes to smartphone filmmaking, ah. awesome YouTube channel. All right. Wow, 20 seconds is quick. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's 20 seconds. Um, if you listen to the last podcast, I explain why I invented this game. Um, <laughs> There's a there's a good reason for it. <laughs> you can't <laughs> oh, name, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't always name everybody. I was know. gonna say this could go on for an hour. <laughs> well, yeah, and and if and I was joking around with Aunt Pruitt, who was my previous guest, and I said, you know, or oh, maybe you, maybe you you've won an Emmy or you know something like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. You go there and they time you, and <laughs> um, and I was telling him, you know that. Uh, my my thing is, when they're done with that speech, they're going, you know, mom or whoever calls them up or texts them and says, I can't believe you didn't name me out of all the I people. <laughs> as soon as I finished, I thought, oh, my God, I haven't named my girlfriend, my parents. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then it's like, well, they only gave me so much time and they kind of, you know, well, Susie put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah. So I was saving the best till last. Then I got cut off. Otherwise, right. you, you would have been in there. <laughs> Um, what would you say, um, to a mobile filmmaker who wants to be an actor? Ooh, good question. Um, I would say find classes that are local to you to get involved with, um, and take what works for you. So say you have classes, maybe you see two, three, four different people, teachers for classes, not everything you, you're taught is going to be relevant to you. It might help someone else more than you. So don't worry if certain things don't work. It doesn't mean that you're a bad actor or anything. It just means that you're you're learning in your own way and it's your own path. So if you think you've got a talent that's worth nurturing, yeah, find classes that are local to you 
Um, if you don't live somewhere where that's a, the case, then you can get into making films with yourself in it, like I have, and then put those out there. Also, you may have to do which I, what I did, which is just move. Um, it's quite scary, but it's, it's totally <laughs> worth you have to kind of break out of your own comfort zone. So you might have grown up somewhere like I do, where it's super safe, super lovely, but there's not a lot going on there. So take a chance on yourself and just go for it, really. I think the worst, I think the worst thing is to, to get to the end of your life and think, oh, why didn't I try that? So even if it's like your family or friends who are kind of taking the, the mick out of you for having that kind of an ambition, because it is, it is an unusual ambition acting. Not everyone wants to do it. It's, it's quite a crazy thing to get into. And it's an extremely hard thing to make a career out of. But go for it, really, I think. I think just if you've done anything interesting in your life that was hard and worth it, then if you're interested in acting, just go for it. Yeah, I think. Why not? Wow. That's pretty... pretty. Yeah, you are right. This is a this whole industry is a pretty it takes it takes a special kind of people to do this, but I think most of the people that are in this business are pretty amazing because they are passionate, and yeah, I think totally. yeah, I think passion brings out the best in people. It 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 kind of uh, brings a little bit of humility to it as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said earlier on, I, I kind of realized. I wanted to get into acting at 12. I'm 33 now. Yeah. And I had my first sort of well-paid commercial at the beginning of this year. And then obviously the pandemic hit. So that's kind of slowed things down. But now things are picking back up again and uh, getting auditions back three. So it's, it can take a long time. Obviously, I kind of consider myself starting properly from 25 because that's when I moved to London. Yeah. Um, so it's taken me, in a sense, eight years to get to this point. Um so you, ha you have to really, really, really want it from like the bottom of your soul, basically, to, to make this work. Because if you're kind of a bit flaky, this is isn't not going to work out. <laughs> You've got to really love what you do, be passionate about it, like you say, and want it as much as anything else. Yeah, because you, you don't need to be a slave in your work. But yeah, you yeah. Know, but at the same time, if you're really loving it and enjoying it, I mean, it doesn't really feel like work a lot of times. Exactly. I think it keeps you young as well. I know people who maybe haven't seen for a few years, they've kind of stuck with a job that I, I knew wasn't really for them. Um, like I have a friend who went in, I don't know if he's still there now, but went into insurance. Oh. And I was thinking, I don't think that was your ambition to go into insurance. Like, no, no offense to anyone who's in, involved in that right now, it pays the yeah. bills and whatnot, but. I was, you know, seeing on social media stuff, I'm like, man, like, you realize when someone does a job that they love, their energy is so much different. It's, especially in the creative kind of areas, it's it's, it's like talking to a completely different type of people where they got a bit of a zest for life and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes people, when they're doing jobs that they aren't necessarily passionate about, they kind of lose that a bit. And it's, it's a bit of a shame when you're doing something like this. I think it keeps you happy. Obviously, it's stressful times as well, but... It definitely keeps you alive and kind of gives you that zest for life, I think. It's it's kind of like there are people who just want to thrive doing sound, acting, being behind the camera, you know, um, those kinds of things. And then there's people who can who can do everything like you, who mm -hmm. can thrive with everything. <laughs> <laughs> you <know>? Learning. <laughs> yeah. Well... All right, give a shout out to your YouTube channel. Is it, do, do you have like a vanity name for it or, or I mean, we're going to share the link, but. 
Um, well, if you search um, on YouTube smartphone filmmaker, you're probably better off looking for one of my specific videos because there's so many smartphone filmmaking videos out there now. And yeah. so if you, I think the best way to search it would be smartphone filmmaker uh, Caterpillar, which is my latest film. Cool. And that'll be one of the first things that comes up on that. You'll have a few kids' films about caterpillars. And then like, the fourth yeah, thing is, is my short about? film. So that film is uh, inspired by my working at a cafe that I ended up hating. Um, <laughs> so I thought I've always wanted to make a short film in the centre of London, but it's kind of been impossible for sound reasons. But then during this time, it's so much quieter at the moment. There's still a bit of easing of people coming out now, but I wanted to make something on the south bank of the River Thames. So my friend who I actually worked with at the National Theatre in the cafe there, hmm. um, I said to him, do you want to be in this short film? And I told him about the story. He's like, yeah, sure. So I then wrote the script in about two days, did a few drafts. And uh, we went out and shot it. It's basically about a man who's in a nine-to-five job working in a, in a big, big, like, pretty well-known office block. Uh, and it's well-paid, but it's it's just very safe. It's not what he wanted to do in life. It's not what's ex- what excites him. And uh, on this day that the film set, it's basically the 15 minutes to half an hour before he's about to go into work. And he has this kind of little moment light bulb moment of like I don't know if I can do this anymore this is kind of killing my soul and it's all about him he's on the phone to his boyfriend talking about can he do this I it's a very scary thing because when I left my last job it was a bit of a roller coaster of oh it's exciting I'm gonna have something new but then also that safety net's taken from you mm-hmm. so it's about that kind of conflict inside and then whether you can take that risk on yourself when you've been living such a relatively safe life wow all in all in about three minutes <laughs> <laughs> no that's uh that's that's pretty cool okay we'll throw the link on that too in here so oh, listeners, do, yeah, don't just hang up uh no <laughs> <laughs> go and click on the links um one last question what mm-hmm. would be the tip the one thing just one thing that you could share uh with mobile filmmakers who need a little more inspiration to believe uh, that they should keep at this, that this is not a lost cause for them? <laughs> hmm. That's an interesting question. I would say, look, and, oh, by the way, if you hear my stomach rumbling, because it's early, I haven't had breakfast yet, so if you hear a rumble, that's, <laughs> we're, not, we're not getting thunder or anything like that. That's just me. <laughs> um, so... A tip, I suppose it would be make a story that matters to you, I think. Mm. Because if you're if you're worried about if you're good enough, if you're making a story that matters to you, it's, it's more than likely going to matter to other people. So by getting, this is like I learned from someone uh, in London who was a great mentor called Ricky Beadle Blair. He said, uh, write the story only you can tell. Ooh. And then that way you get really specific. And instead of trying to make a film that will please everyone, you make a film that's specific. And by some kind of weird divine right, it ends up being more universal. So if, you, if you're making films and you're a bit worried about whether you can carry on or not, start making films if you haven't already that matter to you. And then I think that passion will show through in the film and it will find its audience, definitely. And it might be a smallish audience at first, but that will grow the more you make. So... Yes, start start off making films that matter to you rather than trying to please people, I guess, because you can never please everyone any of the time. So you may as well make the films that you want to make. Wow. 
I think that's really, that's a great quote. Um, I, I love it. You'll have to send me the um, uh, a link if you can find one of, of uh, the person who who said it. Oh, I will. Yeah, he's on he's on Twitter as well. I don't know if he's on um, uh, Instagram. He probably is now. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a he's one of these people who does everything. He's he's in his fifties now, but he's fit as a fiddle. He's um, <laughs> oh my god, he's just amazing. He's he's a writer, director, choreographer, um, producer. He's a host of. Um, gay pride and things like that for and a lot of so festivals. So he never held back, right? No, well, he grew up in Bermondsey, South London, which is a really rough area. As a gay black kid growing up, he couldn't have stood out more. And he said, like, it was quite tough for him growing up and there wasn't many opportunities there. But then he went to um, a creative school. I can't remember what it was now. It's it some kind of creative school for kids who maybe aren't um, as privileged, don't have that much money in their family, that kind of thing. But he said it was the best thing ever because he learned just to be himself and and like self love as well to like love yourself and because we we talk a lot about how we treat others but we don't always talk about how we treat ourselves. Mm. So he talks a lot about that side of things and and being disciplined with yourself when you need to be, but also be able to look at yourself and say, okay, what let's look back at what I've achieved to make yourself realize, oh, actually, <laughs> I don't suck. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've achieved so much, and then it helps you propel yourself forward again. Um, yeah, I'll send you a link to him. He's he's amazing. Really, one of the most inspirational people I've ever met in all walks of life. Wow. Yeah. No, I I really do love that quote. I'm 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 very fascinated by for my whole life uh, storytelling, and I mm-hmm. love that quote because I think that really does hit home in, individually to each person. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean. Every, more than one person can share one story, but everybody does it uniquely in their own way. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's what you have to focus on. Yeah, you don't have to invent a new story. Um, is and and that that makes the process of oh my god, what am, what kind of a story am I going to tell? You know, if you think I got to create a story up from scratch, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's very intimidating. Um, yeah, it very much is. Yeah, that you could spend your whole life searching for that, and you know. <laughs> um, well, so. yeah, a lot of the stories for my films, like they come up from just something that I walk into or I walk past, and I was like, oh, oh, something will just hit me. Like if I if I sit down and try and think of a story, nine times out of ten, I come with nothing. <laughs> just sitting there, hit my head against the desk, and I'm like, why? Where are these ideas? And then I'll see someone doing something, and I think, oh, oh, that's interesting. I had that once. That would be interesting to explore. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I Same. Hope, it's been really fun. Yeah, I hope our listeners do too. Um, and give a shout out to your handle. is It's Rob Leach, right, on Twitter? Oh, on Twitter, yes. Rob underscore Leach, L-E-A-C-H. Um, Rob, say goodbye to our listeners. Goodbye, listeners. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you.